guys, welcome to episode 48 of Talking with TK. I'm your host, Tristan Cannell. An absolute bumper episode today. I'm really excited to bring you a double header with a couple of our Socceroo stars in Matt Yerman and Bailey Wright. Obviously, we do play that three at the back now for the Socceroos. Worked out really well. Both boys were in that, that three with Trent Sainsbury, but uh, the boys got us home and I can't wait to see both of them at the World Cup. Matt, of course, plays in the K-League for Shawan Blue Blue Wings. He actually made his debut for the Socceroos against Syria in the elimination tie before the Honduras tie. So he's got four caps to his name. Bailey Wright is a pretty experienced campaigner given he's only 25 years old. He's actually captain of the championship club in England, being Bristol City. He's former Preston North End player as well. He transferred back at the start of the year in January. He's got 21 caps to his name for the Socceroos as well. Made his debut back in 2014. Quite the player as well. Really lucky because he missed the tie against Syria. So it was fantastic to see him back in action. Before we get to the boys, just a big shout out. Thank you for tuning in today. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the show via iTunes. It's free. And if you can, please leave me a five-star review. Other ways to access the show, it's also on Stitcher, or you can access all the episodes and all the show notes at www.talkingwithtk.com. If you want to connect with me, you can send me an email, tristan at talkingwithtk.com. Please send through any guest requests or any suggestions you have for the show. Social media, please share it with your family and friends. That really helps me grow the sh- grow the show as much as I can. If you want to tag me in any posts, Twitter, I'm at Talking with TK. Same channel on Facebook, or you'll find me on Instagram at Tristan Nell, K N E double L. Okay, let's get straight to it. I know you're pretty excited to get the Socceroo Boys on. First up, we're going to be chatting with Matt Yerman. So here was my chat with Matt. All right, guys, my special guest is Matt Yerman. Matt is a professional footballer who plays in the K-League for the Suwon Samsung Blue Wings. He's also in the starting 11 for the Socceroos in their recent qualification for the World Cup. I welcome Matt Yerman. Matt, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, man, how you going? Doing absolutely well, mate, and I hope you are too, man. Let's start with, you know, the obvious one, the World Cup, because... You know, you were an integral part of the Socceroos over the last two legs. Have you ever, like, I know that I read that you pretty much had a flight the day after at 6am. Has that had a chance to sink in yet there, Matt? Yeah, I mean, uh, it sort of has now, you know, and um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's been a bit of a crazy last few months for me, and um, but yeah, I'm just... Uh, you know, really enjoyed the experience, and um, yeah, I just—I mean, it's been something I wanted to do uh, all my career, all my life. So, you know, to to be given the chance by Ange um, so so late, you know, uh, in you know in, in important games, you know, I was I was um, you know really really happy with uh, how it all went. Yeah, you, you know, you mentioned Ange. You guys go a long way back, back to the under twenties for the Socceroos. He brought you up to Brisbane Raw, and then he's given you your first cap to the Socceroos. For the people out there. In your own voice, what does Ange Postacoglu mean to Matt Yerman? Yeah, I mean he's um, yeah. I mean we've 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 known each other for a long time now, and um, yeah, like I said uh, before, you know I've always be grateful for uh, 
you know, the, the opportunities that he's given me. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, disappointing. And, and, you know, obviously uh, I'm not the only one that's disappointed that he's left. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, that's his decision. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think he's going to be going to be missed for sure. Yeah, for you that's known him for so long and, you know, like I mentioned, you were together at the Australian under-20s. Compare Ange back then to the coach that he's become now. Is there a huge difference? Um, well, I mean, as a coach, you know, he was uh, he's always, you know, pretty much the same. But, you know, um, he's obviously done a lot more since then. So uh, I think every team he's, he's been at, you know, he's been you know, very successful and... Um, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, you know, as, as a coach, he's, he's he was, you know, always, you know, stood his distance from players, and, um, you know, he was his team talks were always, you know, the um, probably the highlight for me. You know, they always pumped me up, and uh, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed, um, you know, playing under him in, in all the teams that have that I've had him. Yeah, Matt, you talked about the team talk. How long before a game would kick off would these team talks actually happen? Um, usually, uh, I'm pretty sure they were like before lunch. Um, so you sort of got pumped up, uh, <laughs> a bit, maybe a bit too early, but, um, yeah, you, they, they still stayed in your mind and, um, you know, you, you, he, he made you realize, you know, you, you're not just playing for yourself, you know, you're playing for your country, you're playing for your family and, um, you know, you're not just, you're not just, you know, representing yourself and, and your family, you're representing the country and, uh, there's a lot of people that are, you know, that are, you know, sort of just watching the games and, um, you know, wanting us all to win. So yeah, it was it was uh, just reminding us, you know, it's, it's not just um, there's a lot of people out there that are depending on us, you know. Yeah, with these coaches at the top level, you know, you've had a few. You've had Graham Arnold, and you've also had Ange, just to name a couple. What is it about? them being so successful is it the fact that they're a great man manager is it you know you spoke out before them being a little bit standoffish but at the same time I spoke to Bailey right last night and he was talking about him being standoffish but then at the same time him knowing all this stuff about you and knowing you on a personal level without you actually even having to do anything is that the same sort of similar traits that you saw as well yeah, yeah well I have to have to agree with Bailey there you know he's um yeah, he, he knows everything. Uh, even though he doesn't really uh, speak to you that much, he he knows everything. What's going on? And um, you know, it's uh, it's it's quite it's quite scary <laughs> how much he does know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, that, that he's 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 standoffish, but you know, you you feel that he he does care about you, and um, you know, that's 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 the feeling that I got, and you know, the feeling that. You know, I want to go out there and I want to fight for him. You know, so uh, he always he always made me feel like that. And um, you know, when I got my opportunities, I you know always uh, you know gave gave him and you know my club or country you know 110 percent. Yeah, with him leaving now, in terms of taking that confidence, is is that a main thing that he's instilled in the team that? As a group, you guys are pretty deep as a squad as well. That you believe that you can take on the next best at the World Cup. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, he he was he he gave so much confidence to to us as the the players. You know, I was only in there for like last four games, but 
you know, when I come in, I could see the belief that he had in in us as a as a as a country, as a as a as players, as a team. And um, yeah, I think I think that goes a long way, you know, especially with you know the way that people in uh, other countries, even 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 people that that live here, you know, they they sort of don't have that uh, that respect for the Socceroos that they can yeah. sort of you know match it with the best, and you know they're just uh, all they do is you know play long balls and and you know they're good at fighting, you know they've got heart, you know um, I think that's been sort of what people sort of think think about us and, and our football uh, in, in our country for the last, you know, whatever, how long. So mm. um, I think I think that's a, that, that was a massive thing for me to come in and see and, um, you know, just to see how much confidence he had, you know, I think that just showed on, on, the, on the pitch, you know, and um, yeah, I, I, I've always enjoyed, you know, his style of play, you know, playing out from the back and, um, you know, giving it to the midfielders and, you know, our midfielders, yeah, you know, they're they're all um, you know top class. You know they could thread a pass quite easily, and uh, yeah, I think you you could just see the the style that he's that he's tried to instill in us. And uh, yeah, I think um, going forward, I think that's a that's a big thing. You know, he just he he wasn't preparing us just for these games. You know, he was yep. preparing us to actually go to World Cup and you know maybe even win it one day because you know that's that's his vision. That why can't we? You know, we're we're you know, what's stopping us? So, um, you know, I think that was that was one of the biggest things that I, that I saw when I was in camp with him recently. Yeah, Matt, you know, the three at the back, you, you guys looked really comfortable in the in the leg against Honduras and even Bailey Wright last night, he was he was loving it. From your own perspective, because you play a lot of back three for K-League as well, don't you? Yeah, well, actually, uh, I've played back three since I, since I got there in January. So, um, for me, it's uh, it was it was quite easy to um, just come in and basically play the way that I've been playing in Korea, you know, on the left side. So um, it was a, it was quite an easy transition for me. And um, yeah, I, I, I actually don't mind playing in the back three at, uh, at the moment. Yeah. Matt, who do you room with when you're in camp? Um, I had the first, the first two, uh, first two games I was with uh, Craig Goodwin. Yep. And um, uh, the second camp uh, I was with uh, Milos Degenek. Ah, nice one. Does as a rookie yeah. in the team, do they do they have some sort of things that you have to do? What's the what's the go there? No, no, nothing. Um, you know, that, when, when I come in, I you know, all the boys come up to me, shook my hand, and um, you know, all the staff made me feel welcome. And yeah, there was nothing. Uh, there was no uh, singing or nothing like that. So I was uh, I was pretty happy with that, to be honest. Yeah, mate. Um, had- Matt, has it made it easier? You know, you made your debut, I think, at, at 27 on the international scene. Was it easier to come into a setup like that with so much experience? Because having a look at the way that you played over the last four games, you would think, if I didn't know you, like, I would think that you had 60 caps under your belt, you were that composed. Did that experience help in that, that manner? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think I knew a, a lot of the boys as well. So, you know, the, it was easy to sort of come in and, um, you know, have conversations with boys. Uh, I knew some of the staff as well. And, um, yeah, I think uh, you could see, like, you know, especially in the last two games, you know, experience of, like, Miller and, um, you know, Timmy and, you know, even just, uh, you know, some of the younger boys, they've, they've got quite a few caps now. So, um, yeah, they, they, all, they all, you know, helped out. And, you know, I think we all... We all were on the same wavelength, which um, you could see in the games. You know, we all we all knew um, 
what we were doing and what we needed to do. Yeah, you know, you just brought up Millet. He was a major influence in the legs against Honduras. You know, the first time you came into the team, you actually had to play without him. Can you talk about the impact that he had coming back into the team? Yeah, I think he's just got that, you know, that presence about him, um, you know, especially in, in front of the back three where, you know, you just you sort of want someone that's going to be, um, you know, helping you out with, uh, you know, winning headers and, um, you know, keeping the ball and just, you know, just sort of tidy, you know, helping help tidy up a bit, you know, and, uh, yeah, he, he was, you know, he was awesome, you know, so to speak, you know, he's sort of, he scored that trick, so that, that put yeah. it through, so, <laughs> um, you know, I don't think anyone, including himself, would have expected that, but, um, you know, that's, that, that was just, uh, I think it just showed how, significant he, he is for the for the national team and you know um hopefully he's uh he can stay injury injury free i know he's hurt his shoulder so hopefully he can stay injury free um you know for the next next year or so yeah as an experienced player even just going back to your own club is there any traits in particular that you take off melee that you know you want to probably bring on to your own just normal club when you go back yeah i mean uh like Obviously, he's the captain, and uh, you know it's 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 you always look up to the captain, and um, you know I think he's done a great job. And yeah, for me, getting older now, you know, you sort of maybe you know think well, I was, I was sort of you know captain a few times, and Broski wasn't captain at uh, when he wasn't playing at Sydney, and um, you know I quite enjoyed it. So I think uh, from a captain's point of view, just seeing some of his leadership skills and. Um, just, just the way he you know, presents himself uh, around the boys, and that, I think you know I learned, I learned a few things about that. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just taking you back to the Syria debut when you debuted for the first time in Malaysia. How long before the actual kickoff did you find out that you would be a starting player? Uh, I think the day before. Uh, yeah, the, the boss came over and spoke to me and said I'll be starting, and um, just to. Yeah, he said you, you, you'll be nervous, but um, you know, just just you know, if you can play play well in in a in a you know, there's no there's no you know time to make a debut, but if you can do well in a in a game that matters matters and uh, that means something, then you know, I think it shows a lot more than um, just making a debut in a in a friendly game, you know. So um, you know, I was I was a bit nervous, but you know, I was also excited. You know, it's, it's a moment that I've that I've waited for. You know, all my career, so um, you know, I wasn't gonna just you know let it pass. I, I was, I was ready, and I wanted to take it with um, both hands. So um, yeah, I was just you know really, really excited. Yeah, in the lead up to getting the call up, saying that you were going to start, do you get a suspicion that you are going to be starting? Like, are you included in more drills as a starting team? Has any of that happened? Yeah, I mean, we just did a bit of shape. I think the day before, and uh, you can sort of you know see who's sort of playing, but. Um, nothing's 100% until, you know, until the, just before the kickoff. So um, you never know what can happen. Someone can, you know, pull up sick or injured or um, you just never know. Ange could change his mind. So um, you just you always need to prepare the same way. Yeah. In the Malaysian game, was with both it being a neutral venue, because obviously Syria can't host an actual home leg, was it easier or was it more difficult with, like, hardly any people in the stadium? Um, no, it was, yeah, it was, I mean, it was a bit strange to, to sort of 
Not really. I mean, there was a, there was a, quite a few Syrian fans that that sort of made their way there. Um, there were some Aussie guys as well. So, you know, a lot of Aussie fans. But um, yeah, no, it, was, it, it wasn't that strange. You know, it was, it was, there was a bit of noise, but uh, you know, you just got to concentrate on, on the job that you need to do, and um, you know, sort of let everything else take, take care of itself. Yeah, I read a brilliant piece um, that you wrote the other day on Players Voice, and you spoke about your mum finding when you were younger your goal of actually wanting to play for the Socceroo. How unreal was that when she told you about that? Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, she told me. Uh, yeah, she found a, a book or something from uh, when I was in primary school at um, St John's in, in Bapto, and uh, yeah, I sort of just said a few goals and um you know one was to, to play for the Socceroos one day so uh yeah I mean it gave me sort of goosebumps when she told me that it was it was pretty uh it's pretty gratifying you know to to be able to think all the way back then you know I was thinking about playing for my national team and um you know finally doing it when I was you know 27. Yeah that's a it's a brilliant story man and even 12 months ago when you were still kind of with Sydney FC, you were playing some brilliant football, probably some of the best football of your career. Even back then, did you even think about the national squad? Yeah, I mean, I didn't stop thinking about it. I always, you know, always waited for the opportunity for ever come, you know, and, and uh, yeah, I thought I was playing really well at Sydney at the time, and um, I still couldn't sort of get myself in the picture, but uh, yeah, I think uh, the move to Korea and you know playing in a in a in a different league where it's you know very um, very difficult you know conditions and and the players you know they they just fight for ninety minutes where it's a you know it's very very physical and um, yeah I think uh, you know that helped me to propel to the national team. Yeah, tell me a little bit about the transfer to the K League. When did you first find out that your club was interested in you? Um. Oh, I can't really remember now, but uh, it was it was in December sometime, and mm. um, yeah, I mean, it, it was there was talk, there was talk, and then sort of you know it all all happened pretty quickly, and um, yeah, I was uh, I was sort of you know out of here pretty quick as well, so yeah, it was uh, it was it was all new to me, you know, because I hadn't hadn't played overseas, but uh, yeah, I think it all went pretty smooth and. Um, yeah, it was difficult for me to to be leaving Sydney, and you know, it was sort of difficult yeah. <laughs> watching uh, watching the boys the play. Boys take it out, yeah. The second half of the season, you know, killing every game and and you know, lifting all those trophies. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't regret it. You know, I think uh, I think it's helped me to to get to the position where I am now. But um, yeah, it was it was very difficult um, to last you know the first six months, you know, watching the boys. Yeah. How difficult in terms of, you know, you spoke about all the boys at Sydney FCs, they're really close mates with you. Then you go over to the K-League where you're the only Aussie in your own team. In terms of the perspective of cultures and enjoying things off the field, how is that different between Sydney FC and then also your new club at Shuwan now? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've known a lot of the boys at Sydney for a long time and, uh, you know, I always, always have some good mates in the team. Uh, but yeah, I mean, going from from there to to Korea and you know, sort of, I think the first thing for me was you know trying to learn all the all the Korean boys' names. Yeah. You know, it was, it was quite difficult. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, have you got I it mean, down they're, yet? They're all great boys. Yeah, I got it down now. Um, you know, I got it down pretty quickly to be fair, but uh, it took a bit of time. Um, you know, just 
the Korean names obviously are, are normal names that we that I'm accustomed to. So, you know, just learning the pronunciations and yeah. all that stuff, I'll probably still get them wrong, the pronunciations. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, all the boys have been good. And, um, you know, even the ones that don't, you know, speak too much English or the ones that do, you know, they're all quite friendly. And um, the foreign boys, you know, they were, they were good as well. You know, I always got along with them. Yeah, on the pitch with the language barrier, do you guys have special sign languages and things that you also use? Um, no, I mean, most, most you know, speak, uh, you know, the basics in, in, with English. And um, I think, uh, you know, if, if, if there is some problems at halftime or whatever, you know, I'll, I'll talk to the translator and tell him, you know, can you tell him this? Or, you know, they'll tell him, can you tell me this or, or whatnot? So, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not really that hard. I think once you get used to it, but when I first got there, it was obviously I never had a, needed a translator or anything like that. So it was all pretty new and I just had to get used to the, the process. And, um, yeah, after a few months, I was sort of accustomed to it and it got pretty easy. But, yeah. but I mean, talking to the boys, you can, you can tell them, um, you know, most things they understand, you know? Yep. You must be pretty pleased you actually got the newcomer of the year for the league, mate. Yeah, it was a pretty interesting, um, you know, to, to, it's, it's always nice to get some awards, you know, and, uh, yeah, I think uh, overall I can't can't really complain how the how the year's gone. You know, um, you know, as as a team we would have liked to, you know, took out the taken out the K League, but um, you know, or, or won the FA Cup. But uh, you know, that's how it went. You know, we we should have you know accumulated a few more points. But uh, you know, just have to look on to to next season now. Yeah, in terms of the league, because I was trying to work it out, is it first past the post, and then you have some sort of extra playoffs that you have to play? Yeah. So what happens is uh, you play three games against each each team, and then um, after that, you play the top the top six and the bottom six play each other one more time, and then that's when the the relegation and the 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 the, um, the champions get decided. Okay, and then now I know that you're on a, a short break. How many weeks have they given you off? I think around just over four weeks, I think it is. So I've got to go back um, just after Christmas. So, yeah, uh, just enjoying the the, the sun. And, um, <laughs> you know, I've ne- never really had a chance to enjoy the summer uh, in Australia because I've been playing A-League usually around this time. So, um, no, it's, 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 been, it's been good so far just to... Yeah, and relax and uh, catch up with people. Yeah, and then when will the Korean League actually restart? Uh, I think it starts in um, March. Okay. So, but we've got a right, playoff for the World game. Cup too, right? Because that's going to be in June, so you'll get plenty of kind of games under your belt to impress before the next squad's been picked. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely uh, that's true, and uh, we actually will start a bit earlier because we've got. Uh, the Champions League um, playoff. Um, I'm not sure which team yet, but we'll, we'll have that. Uh, I think it's late January or early Feb. So uh, yeah, got a, quite a few games coming up. That'll, that'll be that'll be nice. Yeah, that will be the Asian Champions League. So you might come up against a few of the A League boys, right? Yeah, yeah. Could uh, could even come up against my old team. So uh, <laughs> that would be uh, that would be that would be nice to, to come home and play again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just take me through a few personal ones like you were the number six at international level was that the same when you also play at club level yeah yeah, yeah. i wore number six uh, for both teams this year actually and um you know it's never it's never really been 
you know, a, a, a number that I've liked to, to wear or anything. But uh, after this year, I think it's you know become one of my favourite numbers. So, uh, and, and you know, had some good memories with it. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. Yeah, well, Drake put you on the worldwide scene, mate. He's a Matt Yerman number six fan. Yeah, me and me and Drake uh, can go way back. Drakey, have a couple of beers with Drakey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. To, to wrap things up, I got a couple of personality ones. I'm going to take you back to your childhood. What posters did you have on your bedroom wall growing up, mate? I actually had quite a few. Um, I think I had Toddy up there because uh, I'm a Roma fan. I had uh, uh, Stephen Gerrard. Um, Are you a Liverpool supporter? Liverpool supporter, yeah. Uh, who else did I have? I think um might have been a Harry Kewell one up there. Um, maybe Ronaldo, yeah, the, the Brazilian one. Maldini, maybe. Like, I, had, I had posters everywhere. I, was, um, I loved it growing yeah. up. You know, I couldn't wait to, to put something on the wall. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think they were the main ones uh, from memory. I think you were destined um, to always be a professional footballer with that, that mob always surrounding you, mate. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's always around football. And, you know, my dad was a coach in Wollongong. He played as well. So, uh, yeah, he was he was always, um, you know, on my back about, you know, training and, um, you know, watching games and, and, and things like that. But, you know, I've always, I've always just enjoyed, you know, being around it and, you know, watching it on TV, you know, playing playing FIFA or whatever it is, you know, just just always been around it. Yeah, Matt, your last name Yerman, is that Croatian? Yeah, yeah, it's Croatian. Yeah, my, my dad was uh, my dad was born in Rijeka, and uh, he came over very young with his family. And uh, same with my mum, she was from England, come over with her family very young, and you know they've uh, they've worked hard their whole life to um, to give us. To give me and my, my brother and sister, you know, opportunities, and you know, I, I don't think uh, if I sort of stayed in Wollongong, I don't think I would be in this situation, you know. So, uh, you know, I'm really, really um, appreciative uh, for the for what they've done for me. Yeah, have you had a chance to go over? I've been over to Dubrovnik and Split, and they're unbelievable. I have, but not for that long. Um, when we when we played uh, preseason. In Italy, uh, a couple of years ago, when Del Piero was here, yeah, we uh, we went to his hometown and we were there for about three, four weeks. And yeah, uh, we we I think they told us we had like ten days off when we got back. And uh, yeah, I sort of just you know took the opportunity with both hands with Croatia being so so close. Uh, me and uh, Vedran, we went to you know just we went, we went first to Zagreb, but then uh, we we hired a car and sort of just went down the coast but we were only there for like six six days or something and I uh, got to see a lot but you know not, not enough for me I want, I want to go back and see everything for good yeah Matt when you were in Del Piero's hometown what was that like was that like a celebrity sort of appearance for him yeah it was uh, you know it was interesting to, to actually see you know that just how much they love him and uh, I think there was a one night there was there was a street named after him <laughs> and there was like five hundred thousand people, so uh, it, was, it was actually crazy to Jesus to experience that, you know. And uh, every time we went out, went out of the street, you know, there would be people. Oh, where's Ali? Where's Ali? You know. Oh wow! Just, uh, it was yeah, it was pretty crazy to be honest. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a good experience, and you know, just to have someone that's you know 
been there and done that at the highest level. You know, won the World Cups and uh, how many how many league titles he's won. You know, it was, oh, it was, yeah. it was yeah. good to good to see. You know. Yeah, Matt. Final question: You're going to be hosting a private dinner party, mate. You've got five invites. Now, the only rules: no family or friends, but you can invite anyone, dead or alive. Who would you like to invite? Um, good question, actually. Makes you think a little bit, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, you put me on the spot here. I've gone blank. <laughs> oh, sorry, um, buddy. I'll probably, I'll probably invite. Uh, Probably invite DVD and uh, Daniel Agar because I'm a Liverpool fan. Yeah. Just, it'd be nice to, to speak to them and you know, hear about their experiences. You probably need some uh, so, someone funny. Who's, who's someone funny out there? Maybe, uh, what's his name? Um, Kevin Hart or someone? Or... Kevin Hart, yeah. Might, might invite Kevin Hart and The Rock. And uh, who's one other person I can invite? Probably want to get some girls in there, mate. <laughs> Um, who who we got here? Maybe um, uh, well, we'll throw in uh, maybe Jessica Alba or someone just Ooh. to <laughs> just to spice for, things up. Everyone, <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? For everyone to everyone to have have someone to to you know look at. Yep. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Kevin Arkin. <laughs> Kevin Ark can have a few jokes with her as well. For sure. Well, Matt, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Before I let you leave, everyone get following Matt online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. His channel is M Yerman, spelled J-U-R-M-A-N, number five. So get following Matt. Matt, my man, thanks so much for stopping by the show. Enjoy your break here in Australia, mate, and all the best of luck for everything coming up with the World Cup and also for the new season. Nah, no worries. Thanks, thanks for having me. Guys, we hope you enjoyed the first podcast with Matt Yerman. Please follow him online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all M Yerman. That's J-U-R-M-A-N number five. So it's pretty easy to find him. Give him support. If you like the episode and the interview, let him know on social media. I'm sure that he would appreciate all the support. Okay, the second one of our double header, we're going to be going to Bailey Wright. And I recorded this over FaceTime, he was actually obviously in England and obviously I was in Sydney. So please enjoy the chat with Bailey Wright. All right, guys, my special guest is Bailey Wright. Bailey is the captain of Bristol City in the English Championship and he's also an integral part of the Socceroos where he's a starting defender in the recent successful World Cup qualifiers against Honduras. I welcome Bailey Wright. Bailey, welcome to the show, bud. Hello, mate. How are you? Mate, doing really well. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on, and congratulations, first up, man, for everything that's been happening lately. Thank you. Yeah, it's been um, an enjoyable few weeks. You know, obviously, um, great to qualify and, and great to do it the way we did it. It was, uh, it was pretty special to do it um, in Sydney in front of all our home fans, and you know, and do it the hard way, I guess. But now the the reward was there for us. We knew we, we could get over the line and get the job done, and you know, a bit of a relief that now it's, it's done and we're, we're looking forward to a World Cup now. Yeah, Bailey, with it being so intense, you know, it's a, an eliminator. You know exactly what's on the line at the end of the day. It's so physical and also mental. Once it's all over, how are you feeling? Yeah, I think, um, you know, for me, it's probably one of the 
well, probably the biggest game, most important game I've played in, in terms of, you know, it was do or die, it was, it was all on the line, it was, you know, there was no second chances really after that, so, um, but with the group we had, you know, the lads we've got are mentally, you know, stronger than anyone I know, and physically we all look after ourselves, and we've got some, you know, some world-class stuff, you know, a great setup that, that made it as you know, as best as possible for us to, you know, be prepared over the two legs. So, you know, the, the feeling at the end of it, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit undescribable, but one of the biggest ones is, is relief because you know you've done the job that, that you've set out. Well, yeah. Half the job that you've set out to do. Our job was never just to qualify or our goal was never just to qualify. Our goal was to qualify and be prepared to, to compete at the World Cup World Cup, and you know, test ourselves against the best, which is you know the next challenge for us. Um, so you know, to know that you've got a big chunk of it done and um, accomplished is, is pretty special, but by no means um, means that we're going to stop you know, progressing and working on the things that we've been working on. Yeah, for yourself, Bailey, you know, you missed the tie against uh, Syria. First leg, you were suspended, and the second leg, you were obviously injured. Were you expecting to come straight into the starting team as you did against Honduras? Um, I, I mean, expecting or, or not, I, I was just, my goal was always, you know, when I come into camp, I want to be prepared to do my best for the team, whether that's, you know, out in the starting 11 or whether that that would have been on the bench. Um, you know, it's always an honour to be called up and be part of such important games and, you know, always extra special, I guess, um, you know, that you're qualifying for a World Cup in front of your friends and family. So, of course, I was prepared to play and had, you know, had my eyes on being out on that pitch. But, you know, I don't think anyone ever comes in expecting to, to be in that starting team. Yeah. That, that was the beauty of it. We, we had the real, you know, real competition for places which the boss made clear you know no one could get comfortable every day you were you were pushing and, and striving for better and you know, competing for those positions but if you weren't starting you had just as important job to play and uh, the lads all knew that and that was the beauty of it yeah how close to kickoff time do you guys actually find out whether you're starting or you're coming off the bench um it can vary um you know sometimes you find out the day before two days before possibly or sometimes you find out in the day so whatever the boss feels you know sometimes you know and I'm sure it's a, a great des- decision to have to make but it's not easy to choose a team when you've got so many players who are all raring to go uh, you know when you've got so many players to choose from that yeah. all want that shirt want to be on that pitch it's tough so sometimes it's on the day and you know it just fuels your fuels your motivation even more yeah it must give you enormous confidence though from the fact that Ange brought you back into the team despite the fact you actually did miss the tie before yeah um, you know that's he could have picked anyone and I'm sure we all would have done a job and you know I'm, I'm always thankful that he's he's played me for sure um, and I like to think you know, I give a good account of myself and I'm always ready uh, to miss the two games before was obviously you know gutting for me obviously being suspended for the first game um, which is always frustrating and then to pick up you know a little bit of a niggle, niggly injury that I don't usually get um, and missed the second leg against yeah. Syria so I mean that's football uh, the more you've been in the game the more you realise and you become better at coping and adapting to those situations you just got to get on with it and, and be ready f- as soon as possible for what's next and you know, lucky for me um, I was back in you know, into these two important games against Honduras, which, you know, for me, like I've said before, are probably, you know, the most important and biggest games I've played in, in my career. 
Yeah, in terms of, you know, once Ange announced that he was stepping down from the Socceroos coaching role, you know, a lot of tributes came in from all you players and things like that. And the bond that you guys have with your coach just looks quite remarkable. You know, in your own words, what does Ange Postecoglou mean to you? Yeah, I think, you know, the amount of stick, you know, that's he's maybe we've had and he's had over the, you know, the coming months. Um, you know, some people said players are with him, players aren't, aren't with him. I've heard all sorts of stuff. Um, but, you know, one thing he always spoke about, no one knows what goes on, you know, in this room other than the people in this room. And, you know, we had a 100, 110% commitment from every single person in that room. Um, and I think, you know, these sort of tributes um, after he's, you know, announced he was, he was resigning prove that, you know, how much of an impact he had on us, you know, as individuals, as a team, um, you know, not just, you know, with our, our footballing careers, but our lives off the pitch for many of us. And yeah. you know, that's certainly, that's certainly for me, he's changed my, my mindset and has helped me me- to become mentally stronger. Uh, you know, from my to a few things and my, my footballing's changed completely. I feel he's, he's changed me as a player, helped you know, helped me progress and head in the right path. Um, helped me technically, tactically, mentally um, in every sort of field. And you know, off off the pitch, there's many things I, I do in my day to day life, which you know I think are traits of things I've learned off the boss. So mm. um, for that, I can't thank him enough. He's he's had a massive impact on me, and you know, and he's he's the person who, you know, to me, I've earned it. But he's the person that gave me you know, my childhood dream of playing for my country, and you know representing my country at the World Cup and, and qualifying for a World Cup. So, you know, moments like that um, are something I'll remember for, you know, for the rest of my life. And, you know, they're the opportunities that, that he gave to me. Yeah, you know, you spoke about him caring off the field as well. You know, is that a huge thing, especially when you're at that level, that your coach, your gaffer, away from the game, really cares about things like your family and friends and what you're up to away from the actual field? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I read a good article um, from the boss and, you know, he, he never really got too close to players on a personal level, um, although maybe he didn't realise he, 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 he did have an impact on, on, impact on us on a personal level. I know he, you know, he liked to, you know, distance himself a little bit from us, but he knew everything about us from, yeah. you know, from the start of our careers right to the end, which, you know, some of us maybe didn't know that, um, but he certainly cared about us more than anyone, and I think he definitely made us feel that. Although he didn't didn't really, you know, say too much about it, which I think is you know a powerful, powerful thing to be able to do. And you know, just just listen to him speak, and you know the way he just looks at things completely different um, to most people. Really, you know, opened your eyes to how you tend to look at other things during your life, and you know that that's what I mean when I say he's he's had an impact on me in my personal life and how I live day to day. Yeah. Was the first time that you met him before your, your debut against Saudi Arabia, I think that was, what, 2013, was it? Yeah. Um, first time, man, my, my first ever call-up was obviously before the World Cup for Brazil. Mm. Um, but before that, I'd never I'd never spoken to, to the boss before or, or, uh, or met him before. So, um, you know, when you come into camp, there's so many things to take in and exciting stuff happening. You know, to meet all the staff, all the players. You know, there's a lot of names to remember, um, but majority of people 
you know that's that's the beauty of it there a lot of them have, have been your idols through your career so to walk in the room after your first call up is pretty special and then you know I look I look now I look back of to when it all started um, and feel how far you know, not just myself how far I've come but mm. you know the boys that I step out on that pitch with how far we've all come you know as a team is, is pretty special and the whole organisation, from the staff to the players, it's been a it's been a good journey. From the moment I walked in the door, I felt welcome. Yeah. Um, so now, where I feel, you know, very much part of it and you know, enjoying it. Absolutely. What did you first take out? Because in 2014, we're talking about three and a half years ago, you would have been what 21 and a half, going on 22. It's a lot different, Bailey, right? That we're seeing right now. What did you take out of that first World Cup? Yeah, I think. Now, at the time, I probably felt you know, I knew everything and um, <laughs> and was ready. Um, but now I look back and I think, wow, I've, I've I've come a long way, you know, in international football, club football, um, personal life, everything. So, yeah, I think you could say I was a young, immature footballer, I guess, who was still learning his way through the game. And you know, I played a lot of club football, but international football is a whole different thing when you represent your country you know it's a it's a complete different challenge and a you know a, a different honor um and that's something you learn you know and the boss makes you aware of you know over the years you, you soon learn you know the difference and what it means and you know why every game is different and um i feel from a football level i've i've come a long way but i've still got a long way to go which is you know, i find exciting yeah now looking ahead towards the World Cup next year. You know, you guys obviously played very, very well at the Confederations Cup. You know, the last two ties, you've played very, very well as well. In terms of the team goals right now, I'm not sure if you've had a chance to speak speak about it as a group yet, but for yourself personally, what are you seeing ahead of this, this World Cup coming up? Yeah, um, like I said before, our, our goal was um, to qualify for a World Cup and be ready to compete mm. against the best teams at a World Cup. Um, you know, we're, we're going to this World Cup not just to take part. You know, and I, I mean, when I, when I speak about the World Cup, we've still got a long way to go to get in that squad to be part of the World Cup. But, yeah. you know, very much, you know, now obviously I'm sure a new manager will be appointed sooner or later. Um, and there'll be discussions, camps, whichever happens. And, you know, but ultimately us as players, we have high high ambitions and we're not afraid to, to aim high and, you know, push and we want to, you know, make a bit of history at the World Cup and go further than any Australian team has been before and you know, it's important that we, we think like that because we know it's definitely achievable, we've, we've mixed it with the best, uh, it's just now to go to that next level and, and do it on the world stage again at a World Cup. Yeah. Bailey, you know, about six months ago, Ange switched into a back three. Had you ever played a back three at a professional level before? I had. I'd played back three many times. Uh, and still now I tend to play it sometimes with Bristol City. So, you know, I think there's so many different ways you can play different formations, different tactics in football. And since we, you know, we started playing the three, I loved it. Yeah. You know, it was a, it was a whole new style of play. Not a whole new style, but a different system of play and you know, with the back three you can play it defensively or you can play it more attacking um, and we certainly wanted to play attacking football and um, yeah you know that doesn't happen overnight it takes time to adjust and um, 
you know, everyone to learn the exact roles and, you know, what the boss wanted. But we had, you know, had everything put in front of us to make it as smooth transition as possible. And I think if you look now how far we've come um, with with that back three, it's been massive. I think, you know, if it's a back three or a back four, that every single player there is, you know, prepared to be able to play any formation, which which is important moving forward. Yeah, Bailey, it was quite, you know, noticeable as soon as Mele Jedinak came back into the team, first leg against Syria, the back three looked a lot more settled and a lot more calm. Did you notice something very, very similar? Yeah, I think, you know, I think those last two games, some people you know, will say that they're probably the most comfortable we've looked through games. Um, and that doesn't happen by chance. That comes by, you know, this team plays together more and more we get stronger and stronger and and of course the skipper coming in was a massive massive thing for us you know he's he's a leader of men and he's been a great great role model and a great leader of for us in our country so when you got someone like that coming in um regardless of what he does it boosts it boosts the team it boosts everyone around and you know i think his performance speaks for itself he he grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and and did what he had to and, and that's what leaders do and you know, he's someone all us lads can learn off, that's for sure. Yeah, did you boys give him a bit of stick for taking all the penalties? Yeah, he got a bit of uh, champagne poured all over his head and, and in his beard after the game. <laughs> so we made sure we kept him grounded, that's for sure. Yeah, Valley, you know, as, as a captain of Bristol City, you know, you're predominantly pretty young to be a captain. You're probably captaining a lot older players than yourself. When you look at someone like Mele, have you taken a lot of leadership advice or traits from him as well? Yeah, I mean, I have. I've had conversations with him. Um, sometimes just just paying attention to the way he, he handles things, the way he carries himself. And he's, you know, he's, he's a great person to learn off. He's a good role model to have. Um, and it's important to have good, you know, good role models around you and good mentors. Um, and Millet's certainly one of them. You know, he's, I know... If I needed him, he's there. I could just give him a call, or you know, vice versa. He, he sometimes will just send me a message, say how I'm going. So, so it's always nice, um, you know, to have that people, people like that around you that you can feed off and you know, and have as a friend. So, days, no, like I said, I've. The, I like to think, you know, everyone as a leader has their own take on things, but you can always learn from those around you and Emile is certainly someone who's good to learn off and you know there's certain things here at Bristol City I do that I've picked up from him and, and things I've, I've picked up from from others and, and other things I just choose to do myself so that's he's, he's, a, he's a good person to learn off for sure yeah speaking of learning from others or even being inspired by others Tim Cahill mate like he's going on 38 years old and he's still producing top performances you know virtually the, the game against Syria he was man of the match in a game that went 120 minutes. When you guys see that sort of things, like how much does that inspire you boys as well? Yeah, I mean, Timmy's like a fine wine. He just seems to be getting better and better uh, with age, which is a credit to him and, and how he looks after himself and how he manages manages his life because you know he's got a busy lifestyle and he's got a big family. So you know, to do what he's done for Australian football already is incredible, but. You know, to see what he's going to continue to do as well is is even more special. And I'm sure, you know, to be able to rub shoulders with someone like that that'll probably go down as you know Australia's greatest ever player um, is special because you know I can call him a friend, but he's someone I can learn off as well, which is even you know 
I'm in such a great position to to do that and fortunate position that I can learn off someone like that. So no, he's great to have around. Again, he, he creates a buzz around the place and you know his performances speak for themselves. Yeah, does he, does he actually do all the sessions with the team, like every single one? Mate, he hardly ever misses a thing. Yeah. Uh, if there's um, any session, anything extra going on or... He's there. He's, he's Mr. Reliable. You know, he's he's had his little niggles like anyone else, but um, he, he's fully committed and doesn't want any special treatment, regardless of who he is or what age he is. He just wants to go out there and, and play and win football matches, and and that's what he's done. Yeah. Let's turn the attention now to the championship and Bristol City. You know, I know, I know there's a lot of Aussies actually in the championship at the moment. Last week, you came up against Jackson Irvine, and you got the money there. You got it three two, which was good. Is it always great to come against the boys and, you know, do you guys, what's it like in the lead-up? Do you, you're texting each other, bit of banter there? Yeah, no, sometimes we speak before the game. Sometimes we don't say a word to each other before the game. It's just conversations after. Um, and that's, you know, that's just the professional ads I guess we have on each other. We, neither of us want to give too much away because um, we're both selfish from that point of view for our own team. So, <laughs> no, it's nice. It's, it's nice when you rub shoulders against each other, um, you know, because sometimes you don't hear another Aussie accent for a while or yeah. you don't see each other for a while or in between camps. So, you know, play against Jacko last week was, was pretty cool and um, you know, it was an interesting game, that one. We went 2-0 down to win 3-2, so you know, I'm sure it was mixed emotions for, for them and mixed emotions for us was pretty incredible to, to win that game. But, you know, games like that, obviously I feel... I felt for Jacko because I thought he did well, but um, now that's football, and it's nice to see there's a few others obviously in the championship doing well, and now it's just good to see boys playing, and enjoying their football, and you know, like I said, when you play against your mates, it's always pretty special. Yeah, Bristol City's doing quite well. You're about fifth on the ladder at the moment, about halfway through. We are, yeah. We've we're slowly taking uh, away and um, enjoying what we're doing. We've got a good good young squad, young management. Um, you know, all aiming. To finish the the season, I mean, we want to aim as high as possible and, and be pushing for the Premier League. And at the moment, you know, momentum's been carrying us. The you know, last few performances haven't been um, what we want. We want to play better football and play our football, but um, you know, results haven't been too bad for us. So, as long as we continue to progress and get stronger and stronger, then there's no reason why we can't, you know, be pushing that top end of the of the league. Yeah, when you made the move in January, obviously it's. You've gone from the north of the country to the south and pretty close to Wales. How was was that an easy move for you, or how did that all work out? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it's the same country, so I wouldn't say it was too hard a move. But yeah. again, um, for my missus, it's you know, moving. She had to move home. It's the first time she's really moved away from her sort of home area. So, but again. Where's she from? A drive or, or train distance away. She's from up north as well, up uh, Lancaster Way. So, oh, okay, fantastic. Um, but to be fair, we, we're loving it here down in Bristol. It's a lovely place to live. There's a lot of nice towns around. Um, and it's a deep, complete different area to explore and, and visit and get to know. So, no, I've, I've really enjoyed it. The climate's a little bit warmer, which is always an added <laughs> bonus. Uh, it's right Yeah, no, we're enjoying it. Yeah, you're pretty close to Cardiff, right, as well? Yeah, not too far from Cardiff, they're our rivals, so um, we've already played them once this year and, and beat them, but um, no, again, Wales is, is beautiful, beautiful place as well, and only just around the corner, so it's nice, nice, 
nice place to to explore in a beautiful part of the country. Yeah, just to wrap things up here, Bailey, just wanted to know, why do you wear the number eight for the Socceroos and the number five for Bristol City? It's a good question. Um, number five, I changed to with Bristol City this year because um, it's always been sort of my lucky number. Um, and when it come available, I, I made sure it would be mine. Um, you know, I wore number six at Preston, but number five has always been my favourite. Um, and number eight for Australia was uh, Dom the Kitman gave me that uh, for the World Cup. Um, and then I've just seemed to have it ever since. It's sort of, you know, the number on the back of the shirt doesn't really matter too much to me. It's always about the badge, but to have a you know, number eight number, people always think I'm a midfielder. But yeah. um, no, it's just, just what was given to me, and I've managed just to keep hold of that, really. Yeah, you could, you're a defender that can pass, mate. <laughs> well, you're being generous. <laughs> Maybe 21 caps. What do you do with all the jerseys? Do they go home to your parents? Um, I tend to get a few people that ask for them, or um, I tend to get them signed and give quite a few to certain different charities. So um, some go to family, some go to friends, people at the club, or, or to charities. So I always find a good use for them, or you know, there's quite a few that I keep for myself because it's you know, good memories that I like to to know about to remember yeah absolutely well Bailey I really appreciate you joining me today before I let you go everyone get following Bailey online Twitter he's at BaileyWright92 or you can also find his Instagram at BaileyWright Bailey all the best of luck for the rest of the year man I really appreciate you stopping by the show and I'm looking forward to seeing you at the next World Cup buddy top man thank you very much and guys that was Bailey Wright Please continue to support him online. Like I said, Twitter, he's at BaileyWright92. Instagram, he's at BaileyWright6. Guys, we really hope you enjoyed the episodes. We're going to have three this week. If you haven't yet, Monday we released an episode with former ACT Brumbies and Wallabies legend Clyde Rathbone. So definitely check that out. Lots of different stories. He's been around for a long, long time. Achieved a lot. He was actually South African born and then eventually played for the Wallabies. His grandma was uh, Australian. So a very interesting story. Did have some struggles with depression. Retired early. Made a comeback. Very interesting story. Doing some great things in the health space now with his Karma Wiki as well. Soccer fans, stay tuned. Friday, we're going to be having Sydney FC midfielder, Josh Berlante as well as Adelaide attacker, Ryan Kiddo. Ryan's been in absolute sensational form, as has Josh. So a couple of young guns of the A-League to wrap up the week. So stay tuned for those. Guys, if you can, please share all my episodes with your family and friends if you think they're going to like it. Please tag me on any posts, social media. I'm at Talking With TK on both my Twitter and my Facebook, or you can find me at Tristan Nell on my Instagram any messages or any guest requests, please send them through Tristan at TalkingWithTK.com. Like I said, please tell your family and friends. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the show via iTunes and please leave me a five-star review. And if you haven't got access to iTunes on your desktop or your phone, you can find it all either on Stitcher or at my webpage, www.TalkingWithTK.com. Okay, guys, that's it for for today. I'll check you on Friday, but I'm Tristan Cannell and this was Talking with TK.